You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. Good morning. About six weeks ago, when we were early in this series about Jesus making room, I excitedly came up to Pastor Ben to tell him about what I thought was a great idea for chapel. I wanted to talk about a group of people who I thought Jesus didn't make room for, the Pharisees. I wanted to focus on God's disdain for the powerful who use their power to exclude. Looking back, it's one of those moments that just makes me cringe every time I think about it. This was like the second or third time I had ever even met Ben and talked to him. And here I was showing quite clearly that I had missed the entire point of this fall series. It's all about Jesus making room and including people, and I wanted to talk about judging and excluding. Somehow, Ben was still willing to trust me to speak in chapel today, but he did have a little bit of pastoral prodding for me. Um, About 30 minutes after I told him that I wanted to talk about Jesus excluding powerful people, I had an email from Ben inviting me to talk about this passage with the title, Jesus Makes Room for the Powerful. Well played, Ben. Well played indeed. In that conversation with Pastor Ben, I was filled with righteous anger, which can be really, really powerful and take over. In that righteous anger, it was really easy for me to convince myself that I'm right and they are wrong, whoever they might be. I can attribute any number of characteristics I don't like to this other group of people, and then impose my judgment on them, but it's okay because it's not actually coming from me. It's God's judgment because, of course, God agrees with me. That's really powerful, but also really dangerous. And I feel that same righteous anger against Zacchaeus at the start of today's passage, right? The first thing we learn about him is that he's a wealthy, powerful tax collector. And I've always heard from pastors in church growing up that means he, was a, he got rich by collecting excessive taxes from poor people and then keeping the extra for himself, basically stealing from them to get all of his money. Knowing only that one bad thing about Zacchaeus, it's really easy to make equally bad assumptions about the rest of his life. I like to call this the social media special. You know one thing about them, you don't like it, and so you assume everything about them is absolutely terrible. And then this terrible man, Zacchaeus, climbs a tree to try and see Jesus. What a perfect opportunity for God himself to unleash on Zacchaeus. I can just picture Jesus coming upon him in this tree and starting to make fun of him. Ha, look at this grown man climbing a tree like a child. Guess all that money you stole can't buy you friends. I know Zacchaeus is wrong, So he deserves all of this anger and judgment that's about to come his way. Come on, Jesus, let him have it. I'm here, I'm ready for it. But look at how Jesus responds instead. He sees Zacchaeus and invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. No, that's not what you're supposed to do. Come on, Zacchaeus is bad, he is wrong. Let him have it. That's what you're supposed to do here. You're God, you're good. Let him have it. He's bad. 
That's my first gut reaction reading this. Zacchaeus is just the type of person I would not like and get along with. And it's how the crowd responds too, right? They're like, Jesus, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? Don't you know who this is? This man is terrible. He steals from us. And I love Jesus' response to that. This man too is a son of Abraham. If I might slightly update that to a modern equivalent, this man too is a beloved child of God. And the lesson here from that, I think, is really clear. You don't have to change who you are to come to the table. That invitation is open to all. It doesn't matter if you are powerful like Zacchaeus or powerless. You too are a beloved child of God. It doesn't matter if you are rich or poor. You too are a beloved child of God. It doesn't matter if you are liberal or conservative. You too are a beloved child of God. It doesn't matter if you are white or a person of color. You too are a beloved child of God. It doesn't matter if you are straight or if you are queer. You too are a beloved child of God. It doesn't matter who you are. You are a beloved child of God. And you don't have to change a single thing about yourself to take that invitation and come have a seat at the table. So you don't have to change to come to the table, but you should be warned, life at the table will change you. We see how dramatically it changes Zacchaeus in this story. He gives away half of his money and repays everybody he stole from four times the amount that he stole. We see similar changes like that, dramatic life-altering changes, happen to people from all walks of life throughout the New Testament after they interact with Jesus. But not every story is going to be that dramatic. So I started this morning by talking a little bit about how this series has already helped change me a little bit this fall. And now I wanna end with another personal story about how life at the table this fall has changed me. So COVID vaccinations have been a, a pretty hot button topic in America in the last year or so. As a scientist, I've studied the safety and uh, efficiency data for them. And so I know they work and they're safe. And I think that getting vaccinated is a great way for people to protect themselves individually. As a Christian, I think getting vaccinated is a great way of loving your neighbor by helping protect your community through herd immunity. Because of those two things, as my roles as both a scientist and a Christian, I think the right choice for pretty much everybody is to get vaccinated, unless your doctor tells you there's a specific medical reason that you shouldn't. And I don't think there's anything wrong with what I just said there, but here's where my sin does come in and where my righteous anger and judgment can start to enter the picture. Because it's really, really easy for me to look at somebody who doesn't choose to get the vaccine, which I believe to be the wrong choice, and start to make all sorts of bad assumptions about them based on that one piece of information. They must be dumb or they're anti-science, and as a scientist, that one hurts. They're anti-science, they don't care about other people, they're selfish, all sorts of terrible assumptions that you can make. 
If you've spent any time on social media in the past six months or so, you've probably seen those same accusations and far worse thrown around in vaccine debates. Last summer, I found myself falling into this trap and I found myself getting angry at nameless, faceless Trinity students who I had never even met because I assumed I knew everything about them just based on this one fact that they were not getting vaccinated. Quick sidebar, because I know some of you are sitting in here right now not vaccinated thinking like, hold up, did this professor just say he hates me and thinks I'm stupid? No, let me be very clear about this. Like this was wrong. And I knew at the time that this was wrong, but it was still something that I was struggling with. So in the lead up to the school year, uh, in August, I spent a lot of time wrestling with this and praying about it. And on the first day of the semester, I encouraged all the students in my classes to get vaccinated if they were not already, but I also made an offer that I would be willing as a scientist to talk to them about the data if they had any specific questions about or concerns about the vaccine, and that I would do so judgment-free, which was not something I was confident I could do, but I felt was the right thing to offer. Of course, I also figured, you know, it's the first day of class, blah, blah, the professor just keeps talking, everybody had already tuned me out. But much to my surprise, about two weeks into the semester, somebody actually took me up on my offer. And here I got a glimpse of what life at the table should be all about. As this student hesitatingly began the conversation, I could see the fear in their eyes. They were afraid that I would judge and condemn them the same way I had silently over the summer, and the same way they told me somebody else had to their face the first time they tried to talk about this. They went on to explain they had one specific concern about the vaccine based on some things they had heard and seen in a couple people they knew who had been vaccinated. So they were wondering if I had any data um, for a bigger picture about that one specific concern. We had a good discussion for a few minutes I recommended a few resources for this student, and then I followed up via email once I had been able to find the data that they wanted. That interaction to me is exactly what life at the table is supposed to look like. The student and I came from very different perspectives. Um, we had an open, honest, and difficult conversation, and we both walked away changed. Now that change is not anywhere near as drastic as what we see from Zacchaeus, but it still happened. So I don't know if that student has ultimately gotten vaccinated or not, but that's not what the change here is really about. It's not a, well, I'm coming to the table and I know I'm right, and I'm just gonna keep talking to you until you agree with me because I'm right. I'm just gonna do it nicely because Jesus, yeah. But that's not what this is about. My student walked away with the information they needed to make a more informed decision. And the knowledge that every, not everybody who sees this issue differently than them hates them. And so there's some change for them right there. And in terms of change for me that happened at the table in this instance, again, it's not like I changed my mind about COVID vaccines. I still think they're the right choice for pretty much everybody, including this student. But the student has helped me not instantly be angry and make bad judgments about people when I hear they're not vaccinated. And that's been a really big and important change in my life. My student has been a wonderful reminder to me that whether you are vaccinated or unvaccinated, you too are a beloved child of God. May the words of my mouth 
and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock. Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about campus ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu slash chapel.